This is the Strength Anger Podcast, part of the Berserker Strength Radio Network, featuring APF Illinois State Chairman Eric Stone, as well as AAPF AWPC Powerlifter Robert Bain. We are coming at you from 2XL Powerlifting in Lombard, Illinois, and you can find this podcast online on anchor.fm. Okay, Bane, here we are, episode 13. Shouldn't we title it 14 just for, you know, luck's sake and everything? Uh, I don't know if I get that. Like, you know, with the hotel floors and everything, they don't uh, ever put them as floor 13 because it's bad luck. Hmm. I don't believe in luck. Very well. That, uh, that, that is not my bullshit, but luck is bullshit. All right, then. We'll save that one for later. Yeah, we'll save that for later. Um, let's, uh, let's start with anything uh, you've gotten feedback from last week, Bane. You know what, as we were just talking about, I don't get a ton of necessarily feedback from folks, though I always welcome it, and feel free to uh, DM at Bain316 or text me if you have that, or feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, but I get a lot more folks saying, yeah, hey, I listened to the podcast. I like the information. Uh, I actually had a couple people that said they uh, they binged it and listened to every episode. Wow. Yeah, so I, uh, I appreciate that we're in the offices around the Chicagoland area. So, Yeah, my, uh, my brother's brother-in-law. Okay. Uh, he had messaged me on Facebook and was asking me some questions about when gear was released and was trying to get some dates and stuff like that. Because Dope. He said he was arguing with some USAPL raw lifters um, who thought they were right on when gear was introduced and that kind of thing. So. <laughs> gear was introduced at the WPO. <laughs> right, yeah. It's five years ago it was introduced. Yeah, uh, two years ago. It was last year. Um, I will tell you, Bane. You don't always. I show you every once in a while, but you don't always look at the uh, the actual stats we can get on the Anchor.fm portal. Correct. But I will tell you that last week was our best week ever. They're as called far. analytics, sir. Oh, sure, analytics. Uh, last week was our best week ever as far as downloads and listens. And best it was, week ever. Yeah, I think it must have been probably like stored up, you know, uh, demand from the holiday week. I'm sure. Yeah, we were just sandbagging. Probably people were not. Listening to podcasts quite as much, you know, traveling around with mm-hmm. family, that kind of thing, and then catch up when they're back on the normal, you know, weekday schedule. Sure. So, um, and uh, what's going on with you, Bane? Oh, what's going on with me? You get to hear a story now. Okay, story time. So we had a, a little sales shindig uh, at work, and a lot of folks come in as our field sales group, and, and they're all in town. And Wednesday night, uh, we're out of, out of the bar, and I had to walk out to my car. I just want to change my shirt because I had a button up, and... I'm like wearing that. I just want to have a T-shirt on. So we walked out, and a couple of folks walked out with me. And I have my gym bag in the car, and my gym bag in the front pouch. I always keep my ammonia. I like the little ampules, the uh, you know, the when caps I, when or the bottle, uh, the caps. So uh, was uh, <laughs> getting my shirt on, and the guy that I work with said, "Hey, is that is that ammonia?" And he's familiar with it because he actually was a professional athlete. He paid play for the Bears, and I said, "Yeah, it is." And he's like, "Dude, we're bringing this inside." <laughs> Inside where? Into the bar. Oh, boy. <laughs> With a bunch of people who've been drinking. Wow. And we went through two boxes of it. What? And where, what it got to is a bunch of folks. A couple people got surprised by it, which I'm like, that is a dick move. Don't ever do that. If you're going to bust an ammonia capsule in front of somebody, tell them you're going to do it. Right. And make it a dare or something. Right. right. So it became the dare. And it was people would pop it, you know, if, if you know. It's six inches a foot from their face, and they get a little whiff. It's like, oh, God, it's so bad. And I'm not going to I finally got sick of it. Now, you've seen, you know, if I, many people who use ammonia, especially around the powerlifting world, like we we keep it pretty close, and we try to, you know, get the most out of our, our 
little whiff there. And these folks are like literally passing around, so it's dying as it's walking around, right? Sure. And so there were three shots of Jameson on the table that we were at, and I said, fine, watch this. I grab a cap, snap it, take a huge whiff like I would before, you know, going after a bit a big lift or a PR attempt, and throw all three shots of Jameson down in about five seconds. Wow. And is that the bane now? That's <laughs> there was a stunned silence and then a, a large amount of applause because again, most folks had never seen that level of intensity from me at the office. While I can be intense, it's normally a lot more low key. Um Kind of like the Godfather type, like, oh, he's talking really quiet. This probably isn't good. I, I think we need to title that The Bane Shot. That, that uh, could be. If it's going to be something for me, though, it's going to be uh, Scotch versus uh, Irish whiskey, but I'm okay with that. Uh, you know, whatever. That's yeah. details there. But yep. we'll, we'll just say uh, a, a cap of ammonia and yep. three shots immediately. Yes. And if you can be upright afterwards, then good for you. You've done The Bane. Yeah, that's that's what that is. So I, I did that, and uh, and that's finally what ended the the usage of my uh, my ammonia cap. So I gotta go buy some more. But I think most people probably would need the ammonia after the three shots. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, it was a trip. Uh, that's what's going on right now. What's okay. going on with you? Uh, well, it is a busy weekend for me. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be the case for the next like forever, but yeah. <laughs> seemingly. But we've got a busy child activity weekend, as I'm sure you're super familiar with, Bane. Oh yeah, with four of them. Um, so many small humans. <clears throat> I've got, uh, let's see, a Christmas uh, recital, okay, dance recital tomorrow in the afternoon. In the morning, we've got a Christmas singing, I don't even know what you call it, a uh, concert, not really a concert. Okay. Um, it's a recital concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for my daughter's daycare. So okay. two things for my daughter, who is only four, by the way. Yeah, and adorable, FYS. Yes. Uh, my wife is going to a baby shower between those two activities. Oh, my. And then we're going out for my mother's, uh, mother-in-law's birthday after all that. Oh, wow. And then on Sunday, my son has a wrestling meet. Thin to be lit. Yeah, so it's it's all over the place. And then the next weekend, we've got the raw meet here yes, at 2XL. So. which I will be here for. Yes, and uh, so it's it's a busy couple weekends for me. Yeah, um, and then it goes right into the Christmas holiday. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So big uh, big stuff going on at the end of the year. Pretty uh, pretty exciting. Uh, let's talk about bullshit. Yeah, I, I'll have you start, man. You've got a pretty good one that I, I wholeheartedly agree with. Yeah, Netflix health documentaries are bullshit. Elaborate. They are all bullshit. When they talk about the the game changers, you know what a fucking game changer is? Steroids. That's a fucking game changer. <laughs> you're not you're not wrong there. <laughs> like, sorry, plant based diets not a game changer. Uh, I literally I, know one one person who is straight vegetarian who's actually strong. And is he on steroids? He is not. He's it's actually Julian. Oh uh, yes, McCarroll. Yes, McCarroll. Uh, he so might be the only one because every other world's strongest veggie. Any other vegan I know who's a strength athlete is on, and I'm not not hating on anybody on steroids, yeah. but I, also a significant number of injuries to athletes, professional athletes that are going towards veggie diets. Find that interesting. That's just me. You know, yeah, you're right. Maybe vegan is healthier. I don't think so, but maybe it's healthier. But it's not a game changer. L- I mean, let me just tell the, you, the I, premise is false. Yeah. I eat twice as much meat as the average person to make sure I zero out whatever they're doing. Right, exactly. Well, and do they not care about the little tiny furry animals they kill when uh, all their veggies are, you know, commercially harvested? 
Well, that's totally different. Right. The squirrels and the chipmunks and all yeah, them, do they totally don't... Totally different. They don't matter? Apparently not. Chipmunks' lives matter. Yeah, they do. Uh, but yeah, all the Netflix health docs. There's, there's a couple other ones about the different drugs we take, and there's different stuff about water. It, Netflix health documentaries, they're all bullshit. They're all spun. It's its horseshit. And if anybody, I swear to God, comes to me again and says, oh, hey, uh, have you seen the Game Changers? You might get punched in the throat. <laughs> Yeah, I forget who who was it recently that had a big rebuttal of that. Was that Biolane? Uh, uh, yes, Coach Biolane. Coach Biolane, yep. uh, Lane Norton had, yep. a, and I thought that was a pretty good, solid, scientifically supported rebuttal of it. I, I really think he did a good job, and what I really think he did a good job of is even the people that came after him and said, "Oh, you're only citing certain sources." Well, no shit. Just like they only cited certain sources in the documentary. Sure, his were significantly more robust and. More thoroughly researched versus we have this anecdotal piece that may have correlation but not causation. But we're going to go ahead and we're just going to make a ninety minute documentary about it. Sure, and I don't. If anybody wants to eat only vegetables or only plant based items, that it has no impact on me, and that's fine for them. And if they feel that's more ethical and they feel they're healthier, great. Um, But I will say this: wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I will say this. Veganism is a religion to many people. It is a cult. Well, you know, in my I, personal sure, opinion, sure, right. I mean, the, the, I guess there's a fine line between a religion and cult. Vegan, veganism for me, my experience is it is almost cult like. It is almost what CrossFit was about five years ago. So, if somebody's a vegan CrossFitter, what, what do they, they tell you about first? What are they going to tell you about first? I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we were both going right there. <laughs> no, well, you can take the you can take religion out of people, but what you can't take out of people is their innate desire to have some type of thing to believe in. Yep. So if there's no religion, you're going to replace that with something, and maybe that's a good thing. Uh, you could make that argument, but believe in the meat. <laughs> uh, a good YouTube video. I what is the guy's name? Uh, he has a video that he does a bunch of spoof health kind of videos oh um and, the red-haired guy the long-haired yes. guy yes um and he has one that's what if meat eaters acted like and it, vegetarian. that is hysterical oh, that is so funny so I, I will find that because i know exactly who you're talking about I will, um, we will post that on the on the strength anger uh instagram page yes so stone what is bullshit quote coffee is bullshit now i wholeheartedly agree that coffee is bullshit however i don't think we are seeing the same thing here no no why no, is no. coffee bullshit? no regular coffee is fine and in fact the research shows that drinking coffee in moderate amounts is actually healthy and provides some great uh you know benefits maybe even an exercise right uh, i probably should skip out on all the bullshit monsters i drink and drink coffee instead which i try to do i feel personally attacked right now but thank you <laughs> But you know what's bullshit is when somebody goes to, I don't know, McDonald's, Starbucks, wherever, mm-hmm. and gets a mocha frappuccino, triple whip. A mocha took a bullshit. Double pump, yeah. uh, extra whip at the top. Sounds our, like me in high school. One of, oh, my gosh. <laughs> one of our teammates, Joey, went to McDonald's and got a frappuccino, which it, it, it's, not a, it's, not a, like, it's not a frozen or it's not a iced coffee. It's frozen coffee, which basically means it's basically a milkshake with some caffeine in it. Yeah, it's true. If, 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 I think he said he looked it up and it had like 800 calories in it. Yeah. I, I've used this analogy before. If somebody went to uh, Baskin-Robbins or Dairy Queen every day and like got a blizzard every day for breakfast and just sprinkled some caffeine powder in there. Respect. 
that's the equivalent of what people get <laughs> with their frozen drinks or even hot drinks that have a bunch of bullshit in it. I, I don't know what the guy's name is, but it's it's Awaken with JP is the, yes. the YouTube channel. But yeah, JP is hysterical. Sorry. Well, that's okay. Look at it up as we're going here. So. Good information. Yep. But no, if, you're, if your coffee drink has so much sugar and cream and other bullshit in it that its caloric content is equal to that of a DQ blizzard that you can turn upside down and... The, the spoon won't come out. Mm. That is no longer coffee. You've Delicious. you're just you're just downing sugar and fat with a high dose of caffeine. And again, I feel personally attacked right now. <laughs> is that what kind of coffee you have? If I ever drink coffee, it is going to be a mocha choco bullshit. I'm not yeah, going to lie. That's bullshit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I drink coffee with just cream, and yeah, if if I it's just, if it's weak coffee, black. I just can't do it, man. I'm oh, not a coffee guy. Well, that's bullshit. Nah, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll drink my bullshit monsters all day. I should have graduated to rain now, sir. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay, today we have the privilege of interviewing the president of the WPO, Wayne Pullum. Yay, Wayne! Wayne. <laughs> Wayne's the president of the WPO. Hey Wayne's the president of the WPO. He is the vice president of the APF. Um, I don't know the last time he competed, but he is a multiply master's power lifter. Yes. Um, I've seen him compete a few times. Uh, I think he's mostly been meat directing lately. So, Wayne, why don't you start with how did you first get involved in powerlifting in general? Okay. Well, first, thank you for welcoming to the program. I appreciate it. And... Uh, yeah, it actually started uh, some time back, of course, um, back in the, oh my gosh, the late 70s, very early 80s. Um, okay, I, awesome. I got into powerlifting, yep, yep, so it's been quite some time ago. Um, yeah, it was, um, got tied up with some guys at a, uh, actually at a military base, Jim. Okay. And uh, introduced me to powerlifting, and one thing led to another, and um, uh, competed in a meet down in uh, over in uh, Tallahassee, and uh, didn't know what the hell I was doing, and uh, so everyone sort of really gave me a, um, a lot of pointers and and lent me some gear and stuff like this, and I was like, wow, this is this is kind of cool. Um, these people are, you know. Um, they they don't mind reaching out and, and helping you know people just getting started and so it, it sort of became a little addictive and it sort of grew from there. Yeah, that definitely attracted me right from the start was the camaraderie and the openness of of powerlifters. No, I, I would agree. I think because uh, I actually did not bring a singlet to my first uh, first meet, so someone <laughs> let me one. It was uh, it was a couple sizes too small, and Jennifer Gimmel has uh, made sure to tell me multiple times uh, that it was two sizes too small. Uh, so I very much appreciate that uh, at the Janet Graham. But as long as it's form fitting, that's what counts. Oh, it was. It didn't leave a whole lot to the imagination. So. Um, so Wayne, out, outside of powerlifting, what what do you do as far as job, uh, hobbies? You know, what what else can you kind of tell us about yourself? Oh, gosh, um, actually, what I do for uh, the bread and butter is I uh, work for Home Depot and operations for Home Depot. Okay, I've uh, been with Home Depot pushing twenty four years um, in the same position for twenty of those twenty four years. Okay. Um, yeah. is, is that Supreme and Overlord? Is that what they call you? Or? 
Yeah, pretty much. Awesome. Yeah, among awesome. other things. Nice. Uh, <laughs> 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 other flattering remarks. But, uh, fair, fair. But, uh, yeah, um, they've, uh, you know, a lot of the um, upper management is aware of what I've been doing, and they're excited about it. They've given me a lot of latitude uh, in my scheduling to yep. accommodate um, the, the, the powerlifting, especially now the WPO. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I do for the bread and butter. And so I do that. Uh, full time, and then uh, come home and take a nap and do the uh, WPO thing full time. <laughs> gotcha. Sure, yeah, sure. that's that's a full time thing right now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. So, kind of going back to your own lifting, Wayne. Um, best lifts in competition, or maybe like your most uh, recognized lifts in your mind. Yeah, what you're most proud of. What you're most proud of. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, getting through the meat is what I'm most proud of. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Sometimes just surviving is it. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, I've, I've always been fairly good across the board. Uh, uh, probably my lacking uh, uh, um, uh, meat or my lacking exercise would be in the bench press. I do okay in it. Uh, but I've always done better in the in the squat and the and the deadlift. Mm-hmm. And so, but I've been able to, to to maintain all three enough to where I've always placed you know fairly high. Typically, um, in the top three on virtually every single meet that I've ever done. Um, nice. So, um, but yeah, it's um, it's been a few years now since I've competed. Probably three, maybe. Four now, just because I've just been caught up with so many other things. But and, and I've managed to grab a, a few records in the past. Um, you know, the, the the squat at like I think it was 165 pounds. Um, I say I think I actually weighed in like around around 158 or something at the time. And uh, that's back in my younger years when I was. 50 or 52 mm-hmm. and uh, wow um it was uh six six forty and then my bench was in the low 400 probably 425 430 and um and then deadlift is in the mid to upper i'd say um mid to upper um 500s um and so and actually i achieved all of those in my 50s okay that's awesome uh, yeah. So and you're, you're how old now, Wayne, if you don't mind us asking? Uh, I am 16. Okay. It's uh, 18 right. or 42 years experience, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, but, uh, and, and, it, and it, it, I mean, it seems like I've been doing it a while, mm-hmm. but it's really gone by pretty quickly. I mean, you look back and it's like, you know, um, wow, it, it, it's been that long, but, um, it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's been a great venture and I've grown throughout the years and, and, um, um, I've, I've gone, I've gained a great deal of, of, uh, friendship around the world through powerlifting. Yep. So it's, it's, it's been, it's been a, a, a fantastic experience, you know, all around. Um, so I've, I've really enjoyed, uh, you know, what I've done in, in powerlifting over the years and, and the people I've been involved with. 
that's and, awesome. And just for context, those were all equipped, correct? All equipped. Yep. Gotcha. Right. All equipped. Gotcha. Yeah. So you know, you're you're yeah. talking about kind of the the evolution of your time as a as a lifter. You started in the late seventies, early eighties. When did you start as like an official with the APF and the WPC? Oh gosh, that was has been probably. Um, let me think back. Probably close to maybe close to twenty years ago, actually. Okay. Um, early two thousands. Yeah, it's been. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was back in the early two, very early two thousands. Okay. Uh, probably, you know, yeah, very early two thousands. And and what kind of drove you to to want to do that? Um, as far as officiating, yeah, um, yeah I um, honestly, and this is this, you know, you hear this a lot, you know, giving back to the sport, stuff like this, but it really was. Um, I, when I started, I was lifting um, with Team Jacks, mm-hmm. and we would go to um, uh, annually, we always went to uh, out to Buddy Duke's meet, uh, USPF. Mm-hmm. And uh, had a great time. Um, uh, built a lot of friendships and stuff like that. Got to know Buddy very well. Uh, became friends. And uh, <clears throat> um, you know, I, I I watched and I saw everything put together. You know, uh, the meets being put together and all the effort being put in to to set things up and and organize things and run the event. And I honestly felt like I wanted to help out. And so I offered my assistance and um, you know, um, began studying, took the test, became a local state judge, uh, you know, and, and I maintained that with the USPF. And um, um, over, the, over a few years, um, and like I said, I was, I was winning a, a great deal of all the events that I was involved in. And to be honest, I was looking for stiffer competition. Sure. And um, that was that was going on in the APF, and Kieran Kidder was running events um, down in different places in, in um, Florida, um, which I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. You know, you guys know. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, in the Daytona, um, Fort Lauderdale, um, you know, areas, you know, in and around there, New Smyrna Beach. And, um, so I, you know, hooked up with them, uh, you know, you know, began wearing, you know, you know, more advanced gear and stuff like this. Cause I saw these guys competing and I was looking at the numbers in the APF and I was like, geez, these guys are like, this is some, this is some tough competition. And that's who I want to go against because I have always, even during training, I've looked for training partners that were a little better than I was. Right. It gave me something to strive for. I didn't care if they outweighed me by 30, 40 pounds. I was going to try and give them the most, you know, for their money and, and, and just and really put it out there. And so that's what drove me to the uh, APF. It's just for competition. And, and you know, lifting, lifting weight, if, if people – have not gotten into geared lifting and you get in it and you learn it and you experiment with it, you're going to see your numbers climb. And it's, it's a very addictive thing. It really is. 
And uh, so I was put up some pretty good numbers with APF um, and got to know Kieran Kidder and spoke to Kieran about, um, you know, my background with the USPF. Um, he gave me a position in, in, uh, in judging. Um, I did that. Um, and that, of course, grew over a number of years mm-hmm. to where I became a um, technical officer. And um, that's allowed me to do some traveling stuff for other um, other um, uh, meat directors, not just statewide, but honestly around the world. And um, so, and, and, and advance that by by furthering my studies and um, becoming a WPC judge. And um, so. It's, it, everything's sort of it just really just 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 stepping stones and and just going to the next level the next level and it's just really just it grew out of the enjoyment of doing it the camaraderie mm-hmm. and um you know just the thrill of of the sport it's kind of a very organic kind of evolution as uh you know as you progress through the through the powerlifting world Awesome. Exactly. So you've been involved with the APF, the WPC. Um, what was the process of deciding to restart the WPO? And we'll maybe get into later kind of the, the backstory of the WPO, but how did, what was the process of your restarting it? Um, I was involved with the WPO um, a year after it kicked off. Um, so, um, you know, through my connections with Kieran Kidder and doing budget for him and the WPC, um, and, uh, you know, also right here with Kieran, um, you know, I was, I had the, the chance and, you know, you know, taking part in that, um, and did that for a number of years. Um, yeah, so it, it, it sort of, it, it, I, I got involved from the beginning of it, and um, it, you know, and of course, things happened, and um, things broke down a little bit, and it came to an end, and it, it, it you know, it, it was basically dead for a 10-year period, and all I've heard for, actually, for most of those years is, how much everyone missed the WPO, missed that level of competition, missed that platform that drew anybody in piloting that was at an elite level, you know, to go head to head against one another. Everyone just, you know, over and over and over. I can't begin to tell how many times of, gosh, you know, I, I wish it was still going. Gosh, I wish we could get it back. Well, nobody was doing anything to get it back. And uh, so through some some interactions, um, I decided to just sort of jump in with both feet and, um, you know, made it a point to where, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to try and do something. I'm going to try and bring this thing back. Um, I'm going to take it and I'm going to do the best job I can. Um, I know of some of the mistakes that were made in the past. Uh, so I know a couple of things not to do. And 
I hope not to, I hope not to make new ones. So I, I, I hope I've, do, I've done a pretty good job so far. Yeah. I, I would say so, given my limited experience with, with it. So uh, can can you get into some of the backstory of the original WPO, just kind of what, what you know and, and maybe even what your involvement with the original WPO and, and Kieran was? Yeah. Um, Kieran, uh, when he started this thing, um, Powerlifting was something that, that is, of course, has taken sort of a, back seat to a lot of other sports and um, hasn't gotten the, the, the limelight that uh, most of us feel that it deserves. And um, so uh, Kieran took it upon himself to, to you know, um, develop the WPO. He did that. He did amazing things with it. Um, he spent a tremendous amount of money out of pocket to make it happen, and um, um, you know, it it, it, it was taken, and he's he put a a great deal of money into production of it. Um, I've actually got, gosh, I forget now. I want to say maybe eleven or more beta tapes. Most people don't know what a beta tape is, but imagine an eight track tape. But, oh, we only do alpha like, things here, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like eight or ten times larger than a than a eight track, <laughs> and uh, so all the original footage is on that. Um, so all that was done, and um, it honestly really never went anywhere. Uh, nothing really ever happened to it, unfortunately. Um, and, it, and it's a shame because it, it was a it was a tremendous effort, one that nobody else around was was willing or had the means to do at the time and um so like i said i got involved in it enjoyed it tremendously yeah it was a great experience there was a lot of uh, you know exposure to a lot of great people and um there were some things that took place that um caused the the the, the powers to be at the arnold to say look you know, we're going to go in a different direction, mm-hmm. and which is what happened. So the WPO was was out of the Arnold, and um, of course, it sort of just basically dissolved from there, for lack of a better word. It just basically dissolved from there. Sure. And um, yeah, so um, that's kind of the, the the meat and potatoes of uh, of, of what took place um, in you know in the you know, that point in time with the WPO. Yeah, and for context for our listeners that weren't around back then, at that time the WPO was at the Arnold Classic in the ballroom, mm-hmm. which was basically just down the hallway from the, the made trade show area. And, I mean, Karen legitimately, right. that at that time was the Super Open Finals at the Arnold. Um, he had the semifinals mm-hmm. in a couple of different areas, more like in the fall, mm-hmm. kind of the opposite schedule what Wayne is doing now. And I mm-hmm. mean, legitimately, Karen had two, three thousand fans watching the WPO in that ballroom. I yep. mean, it, it was unbelievable. I was there in '05, and tons of fans. Right. The production value is unbelievable. It was truly the best lifters there, not just the best multiply. Mm-hmm. It was the best lifters. Right, right, yeah. When we first went to the Arnold, they gave us um, just a, a section, and it was pretty good size. Um, it was, like I said, it was in the, one of the, the main rooms, 
right into the main, right at the main entrance, basically uh, coming into the uh, into the Arnold Classic to the building, and uh, so you really can't get a better location. And each year, for a couple of years in a row, they kept expanding the room for us because we were literally at capacity. We had people standing outside the door trying to get in, Beautiful. and uh, so they they kept you know. Um, <clears throat> giving us more and more room because we just, you know, I mean, we were just, they were just coming in in droves uh, to, you know, to basically see the spectacle. And um, so, um, <clears throat> yeah, so that, that, that gives you an idea, the listeners an idea of the level of excitement that WPO brings. Yeah, definitely. Now, it, it's clear that there was still some cachet with that name, WPO. You know, there was still some value to that name because you're right. When you brought it back, there was a lot of excitement. Were you at all mm-hmm. were you all worried about some of the baggage from the old WPO? Um, you know, things like that we won't go into completely, but you know, prize money getting paid later. Um, mm-hmm. You know, supposedly poor judging issues, um, things like that mm-hmm. that were you know. Part of the reason why the WPO got out of the Arnold, and you know, other complaints about it. Right, right. Um, um, well, I'm not really concerned too much. Trust me. Um, the um, <laughs> dealing with dealing with with both um, sponsorship and uh, event locations. Um, you know, people, people were involved with it back then at really every level. Um, it's been brought up. Um, it's uh, multiple, multiple, multiple times. Um, so, and it was, it, it was, like I said, there was, there was a, a, a few, few issues that were um, kind of out of Kieran's control to some degree. Sure. Uh, you know, when you got, when you got, you know, sponsorship that's, that's, you know, basically promised you a great deal of money. And then at the last minute says, nah, you know what? I, I, I think we're going to do something else. I think we're going to go a different direction at the last minute and pull out. Um, it, it throw, you know, it throws a, a huge, um, you know, a huge knot and things. Right. Um, yeah. So, but there was, yeah, there was, there was a few issues back then. Um, uh, so there's, there's a little bit that goes along with that. And, you know, Kieran's name has been brought up, of course, I can't tell you how many times. And, um, it's been a long road convincing people that Kieran is, um, not running it now. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's um so does so karen have any involved does karen have any involvement with the current wpo no sir okay no, sir. yeah just just for clarity's um, sake right yeah no he doesn't um karen and i are still very good friends um you know we we spoke about this in the very beginning he was on and, board with it uh, yeah he said hey look um you know um, you know, if that's what you want to do, don't bite off more than you can chew. Just you know, yeah, yeah, about take that. And just yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah, because you know he he he, under, he understands what a what a you know beast you know something like this can be. So um, so you know I, I think he's glad to see it back. Um, 
you know, he's got other interests in, in, uh, um, in investments and stuff, you know, like that uh, going on and has been for some time now. But, um, and he came out and, and, and sat back and watched some of the, uh, the original WPO that came out in, uh, you know, this past year in Orlando. So, yeah, so we sat down, we talked, he watched a little bit of it. And, um, so, um, yeah, so he's, 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 he knows what's going on. I think he's excited about, um, things that are happening with it. And, you know, I think his genuine concern is, Hey, this is something that I developed, you know, years ago. Um, you know, if you're going to do it, please try and do the best job you can with it. Yeah, I yep. mean, and that's kind of what I want to go into that because I think it's shown that, sure, you could have just gone out and run a pro-APF meet or pro-WPC meet, but mm-hmm. there was still, despite the issues in the past with the WPO, there was still value in that name um, as a separate oh. entity. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's what Kieran did in the past gave the WPO nostalgia. That's, that's the, it gave it that value. And that, and that, and the WPO, the name, the brand carries some weight. Um, no, no and, pun intended. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and it, like I said, it's just been referred to, you know, as like the WWE of uh, powerlifting. And so, but, you know, where we've taken it, especially now, um, it's, it's it's even different than it was before, uh, to to a degree. Um, we've gone a little bit different direction with it, but it's still basically part powerlifting meet, uh, part entertainment. Honestly, sure, right, right. So you know, when given the the kind of the current climate of powerlifting, you know, what made you say multiply powerlifting only for the WPO? Well. It's funny because I've, I've, I've spoke to a few, you know, people in the business, um, and um, they've asked me the same thing. They said, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've, I've, um, I find it very unique that you've gone the complete opposite direction of what everyone else is doing out there. You've got all these federations that are pushing, you know, raw and classic raw, um, and they've got thousands upon thousands of, of members, uh, you know, that, that, that attend these events and they're just this like vast numbers. Um, you're not going to get these vast numbers in the WPO. Um, why are you going the complete opposite direction? I said, that's just it. I don't want the vast numbers. The vast numbers makes me the same as everyone else. It makes the WPO the same as everyone else. Right. Um, the WPO, <clears throat> if it had vast numbers, it would not be elite. It would not be what it is. It wouldn't be the WPO. So you're saying um, you can't so, be elite with like 12, 1,300 lifters at your meet? Pew, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Shots fired. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, you, you know, it, it, you know, uh, the WPO is not not there to get a participation award. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's not wrong. Yeah. So it's um, you know, it's it's a upper echelon, cream of the crop, 
um, it's it, it's a, it's an, an event that draws in a, a group of people that when the audience sees them, they're in awe. And it's not and you're not watching a meet like a lot of meets you say, wow. Did you see that one guy, or did you see those two, three guys, or what they did? Right. You know, we're talking about a platform that everyone that steps on that stage, people in the audience are saying, how the blank is that possible? You can swear. And that's what everyone is just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got the explicit uh, yep, label. <laughs> yep, yep. So, so if, if I can paraphrase you, Wayne, what you're saying is you don't want the big numbers in the back room. You want the big numbers on the bar. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we yeah we want we want the we want the, the amount of plates in that bar to speak for themselves. Yep. And um, and walk you know, softly and carry a big toe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and and it makes it it makes it unique and it makes it um it's it's something that. And listen, I've put on a, a great deal of meats over the years. And I've reached out sometimes where I was honestly short on 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 lifters to 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 you know, fill rosters and stuff like this and reaching out to people, hey, you know, look, trying to encourage them to come lift. Um, that's not the case with the WPO. Um, I've got people that are you're beyond excited to be called upon to lift at the WPO. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that, that, you know, these lifters value and I value them because this is those people who make the WPO. My name is attached to it, but I'm not the WPO. The WPO is, is that group that's on that platform. For sure. Yeah. Now, I know the answer to all these questions, Wayne, but I'm going to ask him anyway because <laughs> the, I, you've been asked them. I've been asked them. Everybody's being asked them. Uh, when will the WPO add raw lifting, classic raw, bench only, a master's division, a police and fire division? Deadlift only. Squat only. Okay. That was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> That's scheduled to start never. Um, okay. <laughs> that was a hard pass right there. I like that. <laughs> um, the only, yeah, yeah, as far as, and I've had, I've had other meat directors, um, uh, you know, reach out and, and show some concern and stuff like that. So, you know, so are, are you going to bring it in this? Are you bringing in that? Are you it's like, look, don't worry about me. Don't worry about the WPO. I said, I will make you this promise. I've made this face-to-face with people. I've made it public multiple times. I said, the WPO, as long as it's ran, as long as it is it is it you know is in production, it will never be anything but multiply. That's what the WPO is. That's all we do. Period. Just um, just to play devil's advocate, yeah. never is a long time, Wayne. You're saying never. Will it be never. anything other? I'm saying never. All right. I am saying never. It, I like will, it. it will end. It will I will bury it before WPA was raw. Beautiful. Just start, start, coming, yeah. from, coming from the raw guy. <laughs> <laughs> what about yeah. what about bench yeah. only, Wayne? Because the original WPO did have bench only. 
Yeah. And honestly, that's something that honestly appeals to me. I like it. Um, and I've, I've, I've toiled with that idea for quite some time. And in all honestly, I would like to, I would like to do a bench only as a sidebar thing. And when I say sidebar, it would not be, it would not be tied into a regular WPO event. If it's a regular WPO event, then there's not going to be a bench only. It would be, if, if that were to happen, it would be a separate event, separate location, separate time frame, the whole nine yards. It would be, and, and in doing that, it would be something uh, specialized. It just wouldn't be an open thing. It'd be something very specialized. Um, what's held me back from that, of course, is the fact that I lived through all the good and the bad uh, at the WPO, and the bench bash was was awesome. It was very exciting. Packed the room full of people to come around and, and watch these mind-boggling benches. And the problem that we had was <laughs> a vast majority would bomb out, and um, it got old real quick. And the powers to be. Um, were up our butts saying, do something about this. Powers that be at the Arnold Classic. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, we got, we got, you know, you got all these people bombing out, bombing out, bombing out. Theoretically, you could have a guy that, that was 198 pounds who could bench six, you know, 600 pounds, go in there, do a 600 pound bench, sit down, take his wraps off and then literally just sit there and wait for everyone else to bomb out and win. Hmm. Um, it was, it was just, it, it was, it was frustrating. And unfortunately the mindset, the mindset is it's something like that. I'm going to bomb or I'm going to win. And it's, 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 I found it next to impossible to break that mindset. Um, I, I'm trying to think of some way, if I could figure out a way to to put a bench only meet on, and of course you're going to have bombs. It's just, you know, that's not what I'm saying. But have people open up reasonably and have some 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 form of better plan and stick with that plan. And because uh, I just honestly, as much as I'd like to do it, I don't want to relive putting on a, like a bench bash and fall into the same rut. So um, if, I could get, if I could end up getting the commitment out of some people on, you know, you know, you know following some sort of, you know, you know, guidelines that I would, that I would, you know, like to have or implement, then I would consider it. But like I said, if that were to happen, it would be a sidebar separate from a regular WPO event. Yeah, I think uh, back in the old days, Karen had a rule. It was on the Arnold main stage in the trade show area where if you missed mm-hmm. your first two attempts, you were out. So it wasn't mm-hmm. just if you missed your first two, you were just done. Um, I know he also played around with something where, like, you did your opener in the back, and then they only judged right. the top two lifts out on the stage. So I remember him trying mm-hmm. some other things like that as well. Right. Right. And that was a good idea. Um, the, the downside to that is you would have somebody that would get the opener, 
great, you get the guy on the stage, and then bomb the next two. <laughs> so, um, Hashtag so bomb squad. It wasn't full person. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so now uh, with you know everything kind of going on, Wayne, do you, do you see a potential resurgence in equipped lifting? You know, especially if the WPO continues to to have a degree of success. You know, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit too. But do you see a resurgence in equipped yeah. lifting? Um, I've already seen that, and I've seen that um, in a number of ways. Um, I've, I've got reports on that uh, from meat directors, uh, multiple meat directors in, in, in different locations, um, making you know making statements that, hey, look, <laughs> my, my multiply uh, numbers are up considerably immediately after the WPO came out uh, it was it was a it was it was something that instantly happened and um, it's it's actually growing more and more very gradually um, so meat directors are seeing more entries and multiply mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, and it's primarily due to two reasons it's, it's, it's due to one, the documentary that uh, Michael Fahey put out with Westside versus the World, and then a then the combination of that and the WPO itself uh, making a comeback, which it was advertised uh, during the uh, during the documentary, and um, what what is what that's done to a lot of these people out there. You had a lot of a lot of lifters that were that are near. Um, the, the the level of, of reaching the WPO, not quite there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got some that have been there for some time, but the problem is there's been no dangling kid. There's been no motivating factor outside normal, um, you know, world meets or national meets. Outside of that, you know, there was no... Um, extraordinary factor involved mm-hmm. and with the WPO now people are now people has that they have that dangling carrot they say okay now this is something for me to shoot for and if it's really been a shot in your arm has been it's been rejuvenating for a lot of these multiply lifters um, and some had, had, had stopped multiplying went into to raw mm-hmm. now they're getting back into gear again Right. Um, this, they're saying, this is wonderful. The excitement is back. The attention is back, and there's and and there's you know there's a there's a there's a sense of of um, um, you know excitement. It's 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 really given given just new lifeblood to the uh, to the multiply side of powerlifting. Yeah, I don't know if you remember back, Wayne, to around 05, 06 APF Senior Nationals, which I've talked about on the show before, which was only open class, only multiply, and both those meets had over 200 lifters. I mean, you had, wow. weight, you had weight classes that mm-hmm. were 30, 40 deep. And that, was, right. when the, and oh, that yeah. was when the WPO was at its height. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we've ran, we've ran um, uh, numbers on that. Well, I say we. Uh, uh, Michael did. Michael Fahey. Um He's a he's a numbers guru, and um, you can see a timeline of the amount of um, 
people in powerlifting, amount of people in multiply. And when the WPO came about, you saw that surge. And you saw that climb and climb and climb and then maintain. And then when the WPO went away, what happened? You immediately saw a down drop and it, and it plummeted a, a fair amount. And then it sort of just like coasted along through the years with honestly just the hardcore multiply people that said, you know what, I don't really care if it's fashionable or not. I'm going to keep doing my multiply thing. Mm-hmm. And then when the WPO came back, what's happened? Boom. It, it shot up again. It's, you, you, can, you can see it in the timeline. Um, so it's, it's definitely made an impact. For sure. So you've brought up Michael. Um, that you know, kind of goes into our next question. You know, how did you guys mm-hmm. with the WPO get hooked up with ESPN? And what was Michael Fahey who was the producer of the documentary West Side vs. the World, um, how was he involved in that? Michael and I got involved a couple of years ago. And um, it actually, funny thing is, it started out back <clears throat> when I ran nationals here in Jacksonville, APF nationals here in Jacksonville a few years ago. Was it three years ago or something? Yep. And, um, the opening of the film, the opening of the documentary is from the APF Nationals here in Jacksonville at the Lexington Hotel. So that's the opening scene of that documentary is at that meet. And um, Michael contacted me and said, hey, look, you know, here's what I do. You know, I, I, I do film, I do documentary, I do this, that, and the other. And um, I'm doing a thing on multi-flight lifting. And I would like to get some footage. Would you mind me, you know, coming by and you know, taking some footage and stuff like this? I said, okay, you know, that's fine. I'll, you know, I don't care. You know, I'm thinking, you know, you know whatever. Do your little home movies or whatever you want to do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I could take a left turn real quick. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so he, you know, he came in, he did the same thing, he chit chatted a bit. And then, um, um, you know, so, you know, as time progressed, we conversed more and more. And um, and then it was um, actually, if you go back to the um, uh, one of the things that kind of started the WPO and got the WPO attached to Michael is the fact that um, and how I really got and got sucked into it is um, in Louisiana, um, Gary Frank was holding rules in uh, Louisiana mm-hmm. a few years back. And um, Dave and I are in the hallway talking. And it's been always been brought to me countless times about the WPO. And uh, so he just after me, after me, after me, after me. So we had this long conversation. The Dave Hoff is what? Finally, you know what? Gave off. Okay. And I said, okay, you know, fine. I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing. Um, and you know, I, I, I'm hoping I don't regret this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <but laughs> you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing and you know, you know, we'll just, we'll just try and make the best out of it. Um, like I said, through multiple transactions, um, Michael and I had a meeting I had all those beta tapes I mentioned. Mm-hmm. I turned them over to him, thinking that they would be 
you know, a lot of stuff that we could make some DVDs out of and stuff. Unfortunately, out of countless hours of taping, there was like one finished little product in there, and a lot of it was just repeat, repeat, repeat of the same stuff at multiple different angles and not really all that useful. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but he took what he could out of that and, um, you know, used it in, in the documentary where he could. And, um, so, um, that allowed the WPO to get some recognition, you know, on film. So that was very beneficial to both of us. And we saw that this, this connection, uh, you know, was, was a valuable connection for, for both of us. And, um, so, um, you know, you know, Michael said, well, you know, look, um, you know, this, this multiply thing can be huge. We can grow it huge. I know how to help make it huge. And I said, you know, so basically we agreed to, you know, begin working together. And, um, so fast forward a little bit, um, um, you know, uh, Michael has, has helped tremendously in the uh, advertisement uh, and, and promotion of the WPO. Uh, we are we're obviously, you know, it's, it's very obvious that we work very closely together. Uh, we speak quite often. Um, and what I've never made public, and I'll make public now, is here very recently, Michael has uh, been given a management position with the WPO, meaning that he is in charge of uh, social media and promotional um, advertisement. And um, uh, Michael has a connection with ESPN. He's done work with ESPN in the past in his career. So that allowed him some um some uh, leverage in, in being able to, you know, work with uh, ESPN. Um, and we have a, a, a contact uh, with ESPN who, um, back in 2018, Michael's having a conversation and said, hey, look, I'm looking for something unique but very simple and um, a bit exciting. I, you know, work something you know, in sports, we want something, you know, something in strength would be awesome because there's not a whole lot going out in the, in the strength industry right now. And so we're looking for something sort of extreme but simple. Michael says, you know what? I got something for you. They call it the WPO. Hmm. And uh, so um, this guy flies in. He sits out in the audience. This in, is at the, 28, Orlando, the 2018 and, um, WPO finals, correct? 2018. 2018, 2018. Gotcha. Yes. And so I shook hands, let him do a thing. We did ours. And so I'm thinking, okay, this guy's going to sit back, just casually watch with his, you know, legs crossed. And um, at the end of it, he's either going to say, okay, this is pretty cool stuff. I like it. Or he's going to come back and say, no, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> it's, it's a little of column yeah, A, so. little of column B. Yeah, right, yeah. So, um, so you know, so I was like, okay, this is a 50-50 shot. What the hell? So, um, so at the end of it, he says, um, hey, can we go somewhere and talk? I said, well, I can't leave, but 
yeah, let's sit on our patio. So we got there and we had about an hour, hour and a half long meeting. We're discussing a few things and not realizing how much he was really critiquing this thing. This guy had a notepad and was was running off statistics and numbers to me saying, okay, it took this many seconds to do this. It was this many feet from here to there. It took this long for him to unwrap his knees. It took this long to get up underneath the bar. And, and at this angle, what can we, and it was just on and on and on. And I was like, wow, this guy's, this guy's really critiquing this thing. And, um, so I, so I was able to answer probably 80% of questions. And the others, I said, like, look, some of the stuff you're looking at doing, um, you know, we can definitely do. That's not a problem. The other things, we're going to have to work together and let me know what your crew is able to do and what I'm able to do and sort of figure it out from there. So at the end of it, we all look at one another, and he says, okay, are we good? Are we in? And Michael and I look at each other. We look back at him and say, yeah, yeah, we're in. <laughs> so, um, so it, it, it took off from there, took mm-hmm. probably nine months of red tape uh, to get um, where we're at today. Um, um, so you know, the crew came out, um, you know, at the, uh, um, at the 2019 uh, Super Finals. Film that um, Michael was um, uh, basically working as a liaison between ESPN and myself um, because they have to run things a certain way and we have to try and adapt. That's what kind of made that whole program, whole event, very unique because <clears throat> you've got a television crew, you've got um, a meat director, and then you've got a sound and lights production team all trying to work together at the same time. And in all honesty, um, I wasn't sure how it was going to come out because that's a lot of hurdles to, to jump. Right, and right. Um, it came out very well because uh, they just reached out to us uh, recently and said, um, yeah, ball's in your court. Um do we move forward? So they're going to be uh, they're going to be with us at the uh, Arnold Classic now. That's for the semifinals. That that is incredibly exciting. So that, that kind of leads us into the next question too. Is you know, <laughs> do do you think that the 2019 WPO Superfinals was a success? And and really, like what in in your view, Wayne? You know, went well. What could have gone better? You know, kind of kind of get into some of that if you can. Um. <clears throat> yes, I think. Considering everything, um, I think it was—I think it was extremely successful. Uh, if it wasn't, I promise you, ESPN would not be saying, "Okay, let's 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 open things up and let's move forward." Right, um, right. If, if yeah, if it wasn't successful, I promise you, um, they would have no problem in saying, "Yeah, it was it was fun, guys, but we're going to do something else." Right. So. Um, that speaks for itself. Um, um, yeah, overall, like I said, yeah, it's amazing how well it ran because there were so many little things 
that had to be adapted to, honestly, at the last minute in most cases. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, you know, um, in the back, um, uh, the way it was ran at a at a much faster pace than probably most any multiplied elite uh, meet um, has been ran ever. Uh, the table, <laughs> yeah, ever, ever. Um, you know, you got you got multiply guys, high end multiply guys, you know, uh, cream of the crop, who are, um, you know, just you know, just banging it out, you know, uh, lift after lift. Um, you know, there was no lunch break. We had a, a, a as you know, we had you know a ten minute downtime. Take the monolith off, set up the bench, yep. get right back into it. Um, there wasn't the loud music most people were accustomed to. Um, the uh, so there's a lot of things different about it because so much of it that there's so much of it that you didn't see firsthand mm-hmm. that the television audience did see. Um, which is the ones we want to appeal to. Um, we want to appeal to the masses. And, um, but yeah, it was, it was very uh, successful. Um, we want to try and keep as much as the same group as possible moving into the, um, to the semifinals. Um, because one thing that, that um, ESPN likes, they like consistency. Right, and there was a there was a learning curve. There's a learning process for us to get through the first one, and um, uh, and, and and anyone would want this, you know. Moving forward, doing other events, you don't want every event. You don't want a new learning process. Right. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it makes it it makes it much smoother. Everyone knows what to expect, and honestly, the 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 lifters. Um, as different as it was, they liked it because um, when a meet runs really, really long, like the first one did, mm-hmm. um, your 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 adrenaline, your excitement level, your focus is you know it's up and down because you're just going through these lulls of highs and lows. Whereas at the pace we were going at, you had to stay focused. There was there was enough time for you to catch your breath and get reset, but that was really about it. So your yeah. energy level uh, um, maintained and your focus. So when you finish that lift, you're going in the back and you were you were immediately preparing yourself for the next lift. And after let's say with the squats, you get done with the squats, you're moving immediately right into the bench. You're not lounging around relaxing, calming down, preparing yourself for the bench, you're immediately preparing yourself for that. So everyone enjoyed the fact that, hey, look, I stayed much more focused through this meet than I ever have because I was never allowed to lose focus. So that was a – in the way it was ran, that was a, that was a big plus. More um, like a professional sporting event, really. Yeah, that's what it was. That's that's was the idea. <laughs> yep, yep. And of course, yeah, su- superior idea. support staff, superior <laughs> spotting and loading. No, definitely can't forget that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the, oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, little little yeah. little you know pat on the back yeah. there, but um. yeah. The uh, and that's another thing too is I, I got I got a tremendous amount of compliments about the spotting the loading team. Everyone felt secure. Everyone felt safe. Uh, no one, you know, 
you know, no one felt like um, if they got out there and they got into a little bit of trouble that, uh, you know, that, you know, bad things could happen. Right. Everyone, you know, across the board said, wow, these guys were great. They were right there. They were, they were not only encouraging, uh, but the slightest little hiccup in, 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 in that, that we had, they were saying they were hands on and they were hands on exactly when they needed to be. Um, so, you know, you know, um, big applause to the whole, to the whole spotting loading crew. They were, they were, you know, exceptional. Yeah. It's uh, definitely a fun, uh, fun time up there. So Wayne, what, mm-hmm. what in your mind didn't go well? Cause I know that there's at least a couple of things you weren't at least a hundred percent pleased on. Yeah, um, we were kind of rushed at the very end in, in running and time. The uh, ceremony, the awards, um, I wasn't, um, you know, overly pleased with. Uh, I would have much rather had it out on, on the platform and announced uh, out to the to the uh, audience, you know, at hand. Um, and that's just a little hiccup that, you know, that uh, you know, we'll fix next time. Uh, not a big deal, but um, it could have, you know, that that could have been um, set up a, a little bit better. But like I said, it was it was down to the wire on time, and it was either a get it in or you know miss it completely. So, um, but that was, you know, that was just a, a, a fraction of it. Um, and of course, as far as you know, judging goes. Um, you're always going to have, you're always going to have negative comments. I don't care. You, you, you can't get around it. It's just, you know, it's going to happen. Um, I was pleased with the majority of the calls. Um, uh, there were some I would have made a different call on, um, but, you know, I wasn't the one in the chair. Um, and in saying that, I've actually reviewed multiple angles of this stuff, uh, which I have access to. And there was a couple that I saw that I said, you know what? Gosh, that was, you shouldn't have got a, you shouldn't have got a white light on that. That was, that was obviously just a little bit high. Turn around and look at another segment that I was, that I was, you know, had access to. Same lift, same person, same everything, different angle. I said, ooh, wait a minute now. That actually did look pretty good. Um, one thing you got to consider is the the main camera, which most of all those shots came from, ninety five percent of them was approximately seventy five feet away in the in the back of the room, up on a scissored lift. The camera was I don't know I'm I'm guessing ten feet high maybe maybe more uh but at least at least 10 feet high so you got a camera looking down at 10 feet high 75 feet away um and uh so that in itself you know is uh can be very deceiving in in, you know um in, in in a lot of cases but um yeah so overall um, I'm, I'm pleased with uh, I'm pleased with whatever happened. Um, of course, no feedback really on on bench or deadlifts um, at all. Um, yeah, no one says anything about that. Really, it's always yeah. squat depth. So it's always it, 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 it's always you know, I don't care what happens on the bench unless unless 
unless the, the, the bar falls on somebody's chest and somebody's standing there with their hands in their pockets, you're not going to hear anything. You know, it's always, it's always yep. about the spot. Exactly. So, and the funny thing is, there's been people who's commented on it that I've got footage that shows them doing basically the same exact thing, but, you know, um, but that's not but I just let that kind of, I just let <laughs> that kind of stuff lie. Yeah. You know, I just, I don't even, honestly, I don't even respond to it. I, 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 I have, I respond to probably one of 1% of the stuff out there. Unless it's a direct question about some operational part of the thing. Yep. Um, I, I don't, I don't respond to any of that. Those people can continue squatting high on Instagram, and we'll we'll squat high over on ESPN. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think that's something that most people didn't realize was that, I mean, people who were there at least, that it was a TV production. It was yep. run in that fashion, and some of the decisions that were made were made because it was a TV production as much as it was a powerlifting meet. Very much so. Yeah, very much so. It's um, it, there was there's a lot of the things that you know were ran that that um, let's say like something as simple as you know running the the, the the clock on people and making sure that they were on on time and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's great. We do that all the time. However, uh, and that's one little tidbit that you know we have to address is. <clears throat> A lifter's ready to go. He's done everything he's supposed to do. He's ready to go. He's called, and now you got a production team that says, "Hold it, hold right there. Something, you know, there's something going on in the production of it. Yep. Hold him right there." And then they're called to release him. Okay, release. The clock's still running, so um, you know that's that's another little hurdle that that. Um, that you know we learned from, and uh, you know uh, we'll of course address uh, moving forward. Um, that you know we run things as a powerlifting meet that doesn't necessarily fit into a production program. So um, yeah, so those those definitely those lessons learned, and they were all minor lessons. Uh, so like I said, so, and because of that, because there was no major hiccups whatsoever, I'm, I'm very pleased with the, with the, with the outcome of it and, uh, and how well it looked on, on, on the, uh, screen. Still available on ESPN three. And now I think available on, on YouTube on as well. YouTube, yep. Just went to YouTube. We had to, we had to sit on our hands for 30 days, uh, ESPN, um, owned it they had total control of it for 30 days uh before we could touch it um so we had to wait for that to pass so we just put that up just the other day on uh, youtube so that makes a real uh, easy access for, for people now to go in there and check it out who didn't have the capability um you know to uh you know, to watch it you know then or shortly after it came out so yeah so now it's it's a uh so now we're out there on youtube and so it's very accessible right now sure awesome so wayne why did you guys decide to go with you know one class in a coefficient format for the winners um again i'll, I'll give context to the listeners the original wpo did it via super open weight classes. So depending on the incarnation, it was either lightweight, heavyweight, middleweight, or at one point there was like lightweight, middleweight, heavyweight, super heavyweight, and it was most weight lifted as opposed to being via coefficient. 
So why did you guys decide right. to go with coefficient? <clears throat> well, a uh, couple reasons, honestly. And we started out that way the first year. We, you know, we had the weight classes, and that was great. And, and I and I do like that. Um, and it, you know, it, the upside of that is you have some, you know, champions in each weight class. So that side of it, I do like. The the, the downside of it is that, and this this holds true in a number of different sports, uh, whether it be. You know, let's take boxing, for instance. Um, you know, you've got all these weight divisions. You have a world champion boxer in the bantamweight class. Mm-hmm. And you've got a world champion in the heavyweight class. Who's going to get the attention? The heavyweight class. You're never going to see, you know, the, 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 the lighter weight classes, guys, um, really get virtually no attention. It's all the heavyweight guys, and it's and it's and it's always been that way. Um, you know, you're you're seeing, you know, above and beyond everyone else uh, or every other weight class, uh, good, bad, or indifferent. That's just just kind of the way it is. Um, and what and coming coming from a lighter weight lifter who's lifted in, in both the um, the 181 pound and the 175 pound weight class. Um, I would, I personally would like to go into an event where I can come out on top. I have the chance to, to, to beat out a super heavyweight, um, based on, based on coefficient. I feel pound for pound, right I, pound for pound, I can be the best person out there that day. And so what the coefficient does with just, you know, just one class is it puts everybody into a group. Now everybody is looking – now everybody out there is looking over the shoulder at the next guy. Mm-hmm. They've, got to, they've got to know where that person is, where their coefficients are. And so it's, it's, it makes for a very strategic game now. Prior to that, if you were in a weight class – you basically knew exactly where you were going to fall, and people, you know, you know, people in the audience, people it's competing, could say, "All right, look, it's obvious. This guy, this guy are going to be pretty close. If this guy misses this list, this is where he's going to place, or this guy's going to obviously win unless he bombs." Mm-hmm. And you could almost figure out from the very beginning, almost or very closely what the results are from the meet. Right. With the coefficient, with a coefficient, totally different game. It makes for a much deeper uh, uh, competition. Um, it makes it, you know, like I said, it makes it a, um, it, 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 it really pits everyone against everyone, not just the people in your group. So, and uh, now with, uh, with the, um, the WPO, the, the the one we just you know had aired on ESPN, a very rare occurrence happened, um, which is like I said, it, it's, it's very unusual. The person who had the highest total and the highest coefficient uh, was the same person, mm-hmm. and and that was in the men's class. It was Dave Hall. Rarely does that happen. It's not necessarily. It really, really happens that way. 
um, because typically you'll have a lighter person in maybe 198 pound or 220, possibly, possibly even a 242er, who because of his level of strength and his lower body weight, he's going to typically, you know, um, outplace and coefficient a heavier weight guy. That does help when you're the highest so, of all time. Right, yeah. Right. By, by <laughs> yeah. almost 100 so, pounds. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's, it's really, it's created a much deeper level of competition and, and, and uh, causes all these competitors now to be very uh, strategic mm-hmm. in, in not only in their training, uh, but, at, but at the competition itself, because you've got, like I said, you've got to now self in attention to everyone. And, um, so, um, like I said, it's, it, it makes it much more of a scientific process, if, if you, if you will, um, you know, in, in competition for the WPO. Sure. I mean, and that wasn't the case in the women. I believe the winner, Tara Weber, was maybe in third or fourth place and mm-hmm. moved herself oh. in the first first place just with her last deadlift correct right exactly exactly and and um not only that it, it makes it very simple for a viewing, viewing audience to where they can watch coefficients and when a person makes or, or misses a certain uh, lift they can see that placement move up and down so it's very understandable because the way this is structured is the way you know many sporting events um, aired on television it is done. So, you know, it's, it's, um, it's something that, you know, John Doe sitting in the bar on his, you know, sixth beer can mm-hmm. look at it and say, Oh, okay, I get it. She made this lift and now it's taken her from third or fourth place to second or maybe even first place. He gets it. He's seen that on many different programs. So, it, it makes it a, a, a much more understandable, um, you know, production for the for the viewing audience. Yeah, that's that brings up another question, Wayne. Uh, the original WPO did not have a women's division. Mm-hmm. You decided to add one last year in 2018. Uh, what mm-hmm. made you come to that decision? Um, you know, it, I was, I was, I, I, you know, we, we spoke about me, you know, being a part of a lot of it. And the women, for the most part, um, were kind of showpieces, uh, for lack of a better word. Um, you know, the, the, the handful of women that were involved were outstanding to the point to where, um, you know, putting them out there on the WPO stage uh, uh, gave a lot of, uh, um, you know, sort of, a, a viewing value to the WPO. Um, but like I said, for the most part, they were, they were like show pieces basically. Um, and going into this, I was like, you know, if I'm going to do this, it, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely women out there that are just extraordinary. If I'm going to bring them in, they're not going to be brought in as showpieces. They're not going to be brought in as guests. If I'm going to bring them in, they're going to be just like the men. They're going to be treated the same as the men. They're going to receive the same as the men, regardless of what it is. 
and uh, we're going to be equal across the board. You're going to be seen as you know at, at the same level of, of of a champion as any of the men are, and it's the right thing to do. It's it's it, they deserve it. They deserve it. And I was very hesitant to do it. I wasn't going to. I was going to hold off on doing it. I was going to do it right away. In all honesty, it's probably one of the best decisions I made um, because it was well accepted. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I think the women uh, um, have appreciated um, you know that division you know coming about in the WPO and. It's it's been, um, you know, it, it's been a wonderful experience, you know, having them, um, and uh, I know from what I've seen, uh, you know, in, in the feedback, uh, people both on social media and you know through the television production and stuff like that, absolutely love having the women. So, like I said, it was it was probably one of the single best decisions I think I made so far. Yeah, I mean, when you think about the current climate of really pushing for gender equality, do you think that mm. aided you with ESPN? Um, or was it sort of a neutral? It was kind of a neutral. It wasn't. It, it's not like a determining factor. It wasn't. For, it really wasn't for me. Uh, for the reason I, I, I you know, I just uh, described is it was the reasoning behind me bringing them in. Um, the thing about the, the 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 whole, you know, you know, gender thing that's that's going on today. Mm-hmm. Um, that just that just really it it happens. It just simply happens to to address that indirectly. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a purposeful move to to do it for that reason um i did it for completely different reasons um but yeah it 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 does it does pacify that um you know uh inadvertently sure sure uh changing gears a little bit wayne and just to think about you know something that is also you know speaking of controversial um any pushback on the issue of like doping or anything like that any from espn or elsewhere any any you know anything you could talk about with that um, no, no, there's a, you know, everything's, um, you know, been just basically pretty straightforward. Um, you know, there's a number of strength, uh, strength sports that are out there mm-hmm. that, um, are handling crazy amounts of, 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 you know, weights and stuff like this, you know, including, you know, strong man. And, um, um, I think the focus is solely on, the uh, the spectacle of it, viewer mm-hmm. uh, entertainment, and um, you know we're just we're just riding on that. Sure, sure, <laughs> riding that gear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So you've talked a little bit about uh, the Arnold Classic. Um, mm-hmm. After the just again to give the viewers or listeners, not viewers, maybe eventually we could do a YouTube, but sometimes YouTube's uh, the listeners some context. Mm-hmm. After the WPO left the Arnold Classic, the USAPL was brought in um, to do <laughs> to do single ply, and I don't even know if they do raw lifting there. Maybe they do. Yeah, their, they do. That's, oh, that's where Ray Williams oh, always yes. does his thousand pound squats. Yeah, you're right. Comes to squats eight hundred here in Lombard. A couple years later, they brought in Danny Dag and the XPC, the Extreme Powerlifting Coalition, um, to do a mm-hmm. multi ply 
and a classic raw meat um, mm-hmm. alongside that because it's, I mean, for those that don't know the Arnold Classic, it's a multi-sport festival. I mean, there's everything from mm-hmm. uh, bodybuilding to strongman to Olympic lifting to powerlifting to uh, fencing to horseback riding, indoor soccer, and uh, there's drinking, mm-hmm. lots and lots of drinking. One of our members here is going to the Arnold Classic for pole dancing. Yep. <laughs> so give... <laughs> Not to get too much that's, off on a tangent. That's a great response, Wayne. Yeah. Uh, but how how did you get the WPO back involved with the Arnold Classic and the XPC? Yeah. Um, that was actually through um, multiple lengthy conversations with Dan. Um, um, once the WPO came about, um, you know, um, everyone was really jacked up about it and I think there was some concern with some of the high-end multiply lifters um, um, you know maybe you know stepping away from the um, the uh, Arnold Classic or the XPC and uh, you know um, and you know Dan and I were very open with one another um, he um, you know, he was very willing to, to uh, work with us, and uh, he saw the, the, the value in the WPO. And um, so, you know, it, it, it went back and forth. And in the end, he said, look, you know, I want to be a part of this. And, um, and you know, um, I'd like to see the WPO here, and maybe we can, you know, work together on it. And so we came to an agreement. Um, Dan is, um, was instrumental in, in, uh, working, you know, with us and, in uh, opening up a venue there. Um, so hats off to him for that. Um, so, that is not easy, by the uh, way. He's, he's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not easy. Um, and, um, so, and since then, Dan has, uh, his events are going to be ran APF sanctioned. Which is great because what that does is um, um, the the way the WPO is structured now is to be considered uh, for an invitation. Um, you have to compete in a APF WPO sanctioned event. WPC. And so by WPC, so APF WPC event. And uh, so by Dan, you know, getting on board with us and his events when uh, APF now, um, you know, a great deal of the listeners are from his area. Now um, he can attract um, a good deal of those people at his events mm-hmm. to, to qualify for consideration for the WPO. So it's working hand in hand. Um, so together we're, we're – um, we're developing multiply powerlifting, uh, especially in that area, and um, it's going to bring a lot of excitement to the to the um, to that weekend. Um, I know that they've been uh, lacking over the years, and and some of the multiply stuff. Well, that's that problem has been been solved. <laughs> There'll be no more problem because now you're guaranteed the top 30 men and women uh, available. Um, at the Arnold now, so um, so uh, with uh, with us working together, we've uh, we've uh, we've fixed that and um, brought back some 
some uh, some glory and um, excitement back to multiply powerlifting and at Arnold. Yeah, and just to give again the listeners some context, uh, the format will be the Thursday and Friday of the XPC will be the WPO semifinals. Mm-hmm. I believe the first day, the top 30 women, the second day, the top 30 men, and then the XPC will be running an APF-sanctioned event the subsequent two days, Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. and they will have both Multiply and Classic Raw involved in those meets. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Yeah, well, um, <clears throat> yeah, the women, like you said, will be on Thursday, the men on Friday. And then, uh, and then we'll roll right into uh, the XPC um, events uh, over the weekend. Um, so it'll make for, it'll make for a, a good, solid, um, you know, high energy weekend for sure. Um, uh, right now, we're probably looking at, at weigh-in starting um, uh, probably around noonish. I'm, I'm guessing at this point. Um, you know, for the women on, uh, on, on Wednesday, but we'll have, we'll have more information, uh, over the next uh, couple of weeks, um, mm-hmm. about the specifics on that. What's, uh, let's talk about as, as the meets have been growing, what's the process been like, you know, securing sponsors? Do you think just the, the way the production was for the 2019 WPO, uh, that's going to bring on more or, or are people just jumping on board organically? Kind of how, how has that process been so far? Um, yeah, we're, we're in discussions with a, a few people right now. Um, so if there's, if there's anyone out there you know, listening that would like to have their name company attached to the WPO, attached to the uh, ESPN uh, production, um, you know, attached to the Arnold, then uh, you know, I welcome you to, to, to uh, contact us. Uh, we'd be more than happy to, you know, discuss some different levels of, of sponsorship with you. But yeah, we've got some people we're in discussion with now. Um, now that we have a finished product to offer up, um, that makes that process uh, a bit easier. Uh, prior to that, it was difficult um, in some ways to um, gain, you know. Um, um, and he had a big sponsorship because you, you basically had a really good game that you talked mm-hmm. and it sounded awesome. It sounded, you know, it sounded intriguing. However, you didn't have a finished product to say, Hey, look, here's what it is. Here's the real estate you can own on this. Right. Now we have that and it's very high end. It's very professional. And, uh, um, you know, we're going to, we're, we have plans on moving up the ladder, mm-hmm. um, you know, and what's going on now. So uh, exposure is going to grow um, uh, considerably um, over the next year. Sure. sure. So, Wayne, uh, you know, kind of to sum up everything, what are your future goals for the WPO? You know, let's just say you had a magic wand and, you know, you had – the, the big sponsor, an almost unlimited budget, you know, billions what, and billions and billions. <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> um, let's see. Um, I would bump. Um, let's see. I'd probably eliminate all college games on Saturday, and it'd be all. <laughs> they would have. They would have to be on Thursday now or something. <laughs> That'd be awesome that's that's a pretty magic wand there, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Hey, you said you said you, you said dream big, so I'm dreaming big. I love it. That's um, beautiful. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's um, honestly, there's a few other little things in the works right now that that are um, that are developing. Yeah, those take place. Honestly, we will have after this year, we will have really all the the landscape that is needed to for the WPO to be the ultimate thing out there, you know, bar none. Um, you know, we've got we've we've got the uh, the West Side film that, that has introduced the WPO. Um, we'll have a WPO documentary uh, coming out in the very near future. Um, also made by ESPN Michael. Uh, what's that? Uh, th- this new documentary also produced by Michael Fahey, I take it. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I've I've had I've had uh, a number of other um, quote unquote filmmakers contact me um, about um, doing some stuff. And, uh, but nobody, nobody brings the experience and the value that Michael does. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so they were, you know, so yeah. Um, yeah, Michael being involved in that is of of no question. It's, um, you know, um, um, we honestly, uh, shine in the light of ESPN, uh, due to his, um, great efforts and, and, you know, connections. So, um, but yeah, it, it was, you know, um, you know, with the document, you got the documentary, you got ESPN, you've got the Arnold's, um, there's probably only one more step that, um, I'd like to take and which is in the works and hopefully that'll come through. If so, it'll be a dominating force that, can be compared to nothing else out there. Um, so I would just like at some point to uh, um, make some money. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a fair statement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right now I'm eating rice and beans, uh, you know, often. So, but yeah, no, it's, 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 uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, so thrilled with how well it's all gone. And, um, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, my biggest, my biggest focus, honestly, is to give as much limelight to the WPO and the lifters involved as I, as I possibly can. That's, mm-hmm. that's really my focus. Yeah. That's no awesome. Doubt. Yeah. I mean, uh, we did a whole episode on the, the recap of the WPO, mm-hmm. I think. Hat off to you, Wayne. You, you took a powerlifting meet and you made it along with many others into a TV production and it was a, Amen. it was an excellent product. And an excellent meet. Yeah, it was it was awesome, and I, I I think the, you know, for for me personally, it was a just a wonderful experience. I selfishly wanted to be a spotter for the best seat in the house. I wanted to watch Hoff. I wanted to watch uh, Crystal Tate and a lot of these lifters, and so there was a selfish piece of it. But you know, to your point, uh, when we first started the the discussion, Wayne was, you know, I had always wanted to give back to the sport that has given me, to your point, worldwide mm-hmm. relationships and. Now seeing where the WPO may go in the future, it's it's exciting to be even associated with that, and um, and I'm very excited to see you know 
take over Saturdays and kick them off the uh, kick the football <laughs> yeah. off of there. So it's uh, it's a very very cool thing. I just want to say, uh, you know, for me personally, and a lot of other folks, uh, just thank you, Wayne, for having that vision to be able to step up and say, yeah, I'm gonna. As you said to Hoff, yeah, we'll give it a shot. Why not? <laughs> right. And, well, and by yeah, the way, Wayne, yeah. uh, the way Hoff tells the story, he convinced you to restart the WPO <laughs> at the 2016 WPC Worlds. Well. There's some truth to that. <laughs> I've got the bruises to prove it. <laughs> He's a very, very convincing man, I suppose. Yeah. Well, but, uh, yeah. I was going to say, well, Wayne, it's been uh, a pleasure chatting with you. Um, I think a lot of good information here, mm-hmm. um, a lot yeah. of good history in there, and uh, hopefully uh, the viewers can. Uh, Watch the WPO semifinals and uh, Super Open finals next year on at least an ESPN uh, yeah. platform. We're not sure which one yet. Not right? even the Ocho. Something a little, a little smaller. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, uh, yeah, there's things in the works, fellas. So That's I awesome, man. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much, Wayne. Hey, we'll see you in Columbus, man. See you at the semifinals. Guys. <laughs> Well, all right, Bane. Uh, Wayne talked for quite a while there. That he did, and you know, let him talk, man. That's a lot of great information. It's a lot of a lot of cool stuff, and man, y'all missed some great stuff off the air too. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff off the air that we talked even longer, um, eh, but it'll 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 eventually come out. Yep. Um, there's a lot of cool things in the works with the WPO, and I think that's that's what Wayne was really trying to emphasize is that man, there's there's some stuff in the works that it's been great. But it could mm-hmm. be even better, and I do think uh, he is he is right that you know having that. I, I think the word he was looking for is like that ultimate goal, that brass ring, you know that that the you know, stratospheric type of right that atmosphere. Super Bowl champion, yep. that yep. you know Olympic gold medal, you know that yep. ultimate goal in the sport, and that I think is what could mm-hmm. drive multiply powerlifting and powerlifting in general, yeah, um, to the next level if there is that you know. <clears throat> big ESPN production um, behind the WPO. I think, uh, you know, it's corny, but you ain't seen nothing yet. And it, it is cool, Bane, from, for you and I's perspective, to be in on the ground floor. I mean, yeah, I, was, I was down there at uh, 2018 mm-hmm. WPC Worlds helping judge and work and coach, and then I helped not a lot, but my partner Howard Pendris and I were running around putting down HDMI cords and hooking, yeah. and hooking up uh, projectors and projector screens and yep. helping get some things together for the 2018 WPO finals, which for context for our viewers... 2019. 2019. No, no, no. I'm talking about 2018. 2018 as well. 2018. Okay. I was there. Yeah. Yep. In 2018, the meet went from 9 a.m. until 10.30 p.m. Oh. Now, granted, there was double the lift, double the lifters, Yeah, but it was... And no it, production or anything. It no production. Just, it was just a meet. I mean, it, he had a cool, like, you know walk down uh, cage platform mm-hmm. kind of thing and lights and smoke. But there was no and, – and Michael Fahey's crew was there filming, mm-hmm. but there was no TV production like this year. Right, right. Um, so just to kind of be at least helping him um, with the ground floor and then, you know, helping him again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about that in our WPO episode, how I I had emailed Wayne and basically said, hey, have you found a spot for the 2019 WPO finals? <laughs> and, you know, kind of started from there. Um, so I, I'm, you know, excited that we can be on that ground floor and help in whatever way we can yeah. help it grow. hundred, hundred percent. And if, if all I ever do in the sport is make sure that some of the biggest lifts of all time get done and done safely, I'm, I'm okay with that. Right. Right. So next week, 
Bane, an episode we've been kind of toying around with for a while mm-hmm. is females and social media. We talked about social media in general, mm-hmm. but there's a very specific, uh, you know, part to that. Yep. And that would be females and social media. Who is slipping in those DMs? <laughs> and I've got some good ones saved up from one of our members here. Oh, yeah. And, and yes. let me say this now, if anybody's still listening, please, if you have any good DMs... Um, Send them our way. Please screenshot them. And we won't mention your name, of course, unless you want us to. Yep. Um, but send them our way. Uh, we're, we'll we'll do some live reads of DMs. Yep. I've already got some. I'd like some more. But I do kind of want to talk about it in general. Um, you know, there's there's certainly a broader topic of social media and online dating and electronic communication. Mm-hmm. But I think there's an intersection there with powerlifting, especially female powerlifters on Instagram. There 100% is, yes. Yes. And we can talk about that and, you know, where that intersection lies and, you know, how it, you know, the, the society and culture as a whole impacts that. Yes. With that said, this is Eric Stone signing out. Strength and anger. <laughs>